coming up on this fun episode, we begin by trying to fix Dan's email server and share all of our insecure passwords. Then we get into the week's tech news, including Beats' really nice and really expensive new wireless earbuds and why Windows has made it okay to aggressively yank out your flash drive. Stick around, Don't Panic starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 239, recorded April 8th, 2019. Dangerously remove hardware. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic. It's the technology podcast. It's got internet. It's got gadgets. It's got you. So why don't we get started? I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by a couple of slam dunking, free throw shooting, uh, uh, foul committing guys. It's Colby Rabinu and Dan Miller, our own national champions. We are the champions, Sean. Number one. What's up? Is, was that a uh, a March Madness reference? That's right, Dan. They're playing the uh, championship game right now as we speak. How did you guys do in your brackets this year? Uh, I use brackets when I'm programming a lot. Okay, is that like so, the like, same thing? Arrays and stuff. I think so. Okay. I mean, I have no choice but to believe you. <laughs> Presumably, it's the same. I don't know anything about basketball. I hear it's crazy. Is it <laughs> upset? Is it, is it like a is it like upset. a local commercial? Sunday, 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 crazy basketball. Yes, yes. March, March, March madness, madness, Get madness. Mad this March madness. That's fantastic. Uh, I I haven't watched a single game or paid any attention to it either. I just thought that was a timely reference to put us in a in in a certain space and time. Yep. That's true. Who who do you guys got? Who do you got as the winner? Who's Pick a winner. playing? Well, no, you should come Duke, on. Everyone knows Duke's who's playing. Pick a winner, to win, right? Yeah, so Colby's no, got Duke. Who do you playing. have, Dan? I, I still don't know who's playing. Just just who do you think's gonna win? Well, UConn, UConn all obviously. Okay, Dan's got UConn. Colby's got Duke. It is Virginia versus Texas Tech. <laughs> so I'm not optimistic about your choices. But they're both great teams. So Virginia University of Virginia versus Texas Tech is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Okay. And what's interesting is that they this this game I don't know if it set the record or was really close to the record for the lowest um, over under because the they these are two defense heavy teams. They think the score is going to be a record low score, mm. kind of like the Super Bowl. Right. Boring mm. defense. So far, it's been an interesting half. I haven't watched any of it. Obviously not. Like no, it's not. I've been prepping for this show. I don't have time for that. Don't have the screen open directly to your right with the game on it. It's not like I'm watching this commercial for Northwestern Mutual. <laughs> that would be crazy. Oh look, a Subaru. I don't think so. <laughs> it's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. That's right. White people in expensive-looking <laughs> jackets hiking somewhere on a mountain. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm invested in this show. What's going on, guys? What's new? I have uh, I have things to talk about. I have a thing to talk about. Okay, great. That's kind of what we do here. So bring it on. I as if you follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash jazzden, um, you you may you may or may not know that over the weekend I had or didn't have to, but I did have to. I needed to change the way my email is set up because a long time ago, 
I was running my own email server, and it ran just fine for almost a decade until it very slowly, like, the the ways in which you have to authenticate the emails that you send such that they are not marked as spam have, like, slowly creeped up and up and up. And if you use Gmail, you just cannot... All my email will be marked as spam if I send it to you. And even yeah, yeah. other uh, other ones have been um, creeping up on that also. So I can basically... Even just Gmail, I can basically send email to no one. Uh, and also, like, the way I had it set up, I had this very, you know, too-clever-by-half solution for receiving email where you could do this thing called gray listing, where it's not, like, a safe list, and it's not a block list. It's, like, you send me an email for the first time mm-hmm. from an email address, and my email server rejects it and says, try again in 15 minutes. <laughs> and it, no, no, it doesn't matter who you are. And then it, when you send it again after 15 minutes, it will accept it. Uh, but until then, it'll keep saying, nope, try again in 15 minutes. And you're just locked which, out. Right, which does, like, a lot of spammers will not bother to respect these settings because they're like, well, it's not, I'm going to have to keep this email around that I want to send and keep it in memory and have this CPU, like, tied up sending things. So it works great for that. But so many people, uh, like, send me, there's been a lot of situations, I feel like just in the last year where I, I signed up for, I just signed up for some financial thing last week uh, where you, like, it's an app. You know, welcome to the future. It's not a website; it's an app, and you sign in, and you create an account, and they're like, "Great, give us a, uh, an email address." And like we've sent you a verification link. Wait 15 minutes, and then get the link, and it's expired. Send another one. Now, a lot of these apps also are now—they're not sending from a static email. They're actually being sent behind the scenes. Like it'll show up in your inbox as like, "Oh yeah, it's." Uh, uh, do not reply at uh, financial.com. But actually, that's just an alias for like axby7-al3 at amazon.simpleemailservice.com. Uh, yep. Um, so I can't validate anything. Oh, long story short, I needed to change my email. I thought about it for a, a long time on Saturday, and I was like, I'm just going to Gmailify everything into one domain that i own so it's not going to be free gmail i'll i'll plunk down the 15 bucks a year whatever it is for my own gmail account so i sign up uh if you have your domains through google domain which i have transferred many of mine over to you just like click a button like hey i want email here and like great blah 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 take your credit card do this thing and I can't log into, I can get into my, like, the administrative view of what it would be like if you had a small business and were using Google Apps, and mm-hmm. there's all sorts of crazy shit there I don't care about at all. All I want is email and maybe calendar, but the calendar doesn't really matter either. I can just keep using public Gmail, Google for that. And I, But every time I try to log into the account that I can, like, get to the admin panel for, for Gmail, it's like, you do not have permission to access this resource. Please contact your administrator. And who's the administrator? Me. <laughs> I'm always the administrator. I have never gotten one of those messages where I have not been the administrator. I feel like I've worked at places where you just never get told no or I get told no and I am the administrator. It's the only <laughs> two things. So, but I was like, hey, I'm paying for 
this service from Google, they have support and they do have support. And so I contacted them and they did very quickly answer my question. But the answer was like, ah, it just takes a while for like your products to activate. So check back tomorrow. Like Tomorrow, I wanted to sit down today and I wanted to get all this stuff done. I want to move everything over, go through all the accounts, import all the shit. And now I just have to wait a day. And I still haven't done it because I was busy next time. Aww. So that's my complaint. That sucks. Dan, you ought to check out Fastmail, Dan. Okay, Colby, I that was the runner-up. That was the runner-up. <clears throat> there are two things I'm terrified of. One, I do not want to... Because another complicating factor of the spam is all of the various... Uh, DNS records you need to set on your domain. Like, oh, this is like the PKIP uh, send off token and it needs to be like encrypted with the public key of this thing that blah, 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 blah. And Google will do all of that for me because they control the domain. The second thing is the thing that invariably, like, here's another problem. I'm going to take a drink and then I'm going to keep ranting. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated during your rants. Here's the other problem. All these, there's no other 100% good web-based email, or should I say cloud-based email client. Cloud. If I were to use Fastmail, I would have to use an email client, which I am doing now. But the problem with email clients is that they're... <laughs> yeah, right there, Sean. <laughs> is that their their search sucks. and And on all of your devices... You have to, you're downloading your entire freaking inbox onto your laptop and your desktop and your phone. And if you don't do it, then the search just takes forever because it's like, <laughs> you like on my phone when I search for a simple string, the, the messages from the last couple of days show up really quickly. You ever notice this? But then the spinner spins for minutes because it's downloading all of the emails off of the server and then looking in them for the thing that you searched for. There is no, open standard for searching email hmm. so what 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 email client do you use i use airmail on the mac mm. uh which as you recall was one we had a uh dan tries email clients extravabalooza a couple of years ago I and i use the regular mail app on on the phone oh interesting so do you use fastmail yes i use fastmail i've used fastmail for Many moons. I don't know. Many it's moons. been it's been years and years at this point. Ever since I bought the Colby R domain name, so Fastmail. Do do they have anti-spam stuff built into it, or do you have to add your own anti-spam? I think they have anti-spam. Let's see what they say on the website. I haven't added my own spam stuff into it, and I have a spam folder, and spam gets put there. Uh, but it's and what email client are you using? I use Spark. Um, I've never had a problem with it, but I also don't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I don't often search for emails that are not recent. So maybe I've just never noticed that it's horrifically slow. Spark email app. I mean, it's not too. I still haven't moved anything over, so it's not too late. Yeah. 
This is this is claiming that I will love my email again, Colby. It's a bark. Bold promise. Yeah. It's, it's not true. You'll hate it just <laughs> as much as before, but it is fine. Okay. Um. One thing I do like about Spark is it has this thing where, like, when you're composing an email, you can, like, do a little minimize and, like, go look at a different email that you're composing this email in regards to and then, like, unminimize and pop it back out. That's a nice feature. Okay. That didn't make any sense. I don't have my phone. I can't show you. So, right. Imagine you're in an email app and you're writing, writing an email. Yep. And you, but you need to go reference another email. And I'm on my phone. Yes. Ah, okay. So most email apps, right? You'd you'd like click the X or something, and it'd say like, "Oh, do you want to save this as a draft?" Blah blah blah. And you'd say yes, and then you'd have to like go to the other email and like then go back to the draft thing, find the draft folder, and find it. So Spark has a little like. You can save things as a draft, but you can also it has like a minimize option, so it just puts a little like badge in the corner of the app, and then so you go, you find the email that you were you wanted to read, you read the thing, and then you just click the little badge, and your the email you were writing just pops back up. Pop. That is cool. I don't find myself writing many emails from my phone, but I do write some for sure. I probably actually, yeah. you know what? I do write a lot of emails from my phone. I take it back. I like to think that I don't, but I do. Now, I seem to remember, and you can correct me if if I'm misremembering this, that we had a conversation on this very program that you claimed you didn't use email anymore. Damn. So I don't use, like, I don't, my email is a glorified, like, shitty push notification service. I receive emails that I need to act on, mm-hmm. such as these stupid uh, like verification emails. There are other services where if I don't sign into them for a couple months, they're like, ah, I sent you an email. It's like, God damn it. Now it's going to take me another hour to sign into this thing, doing this like dance of like, check my email server logs, add it <laughs> to the whitelist, hope that the email doesn't change. Uh, well, then my follow-up question is then... And and I think it's great what you're doing. I'm not trying to challenge you at all. Can't okay, you just, go. like, get a regular Gmail account like the rest of us? But I want it to look cool. But you don't send any emails. You only get emails from big big businesses to verify and, and send receipts and stuff. That's like, true. They don't read it's... your email. They're not like, dude, this guy has his name in his email. He's cool. I'm just saying, uh, you know me, I'm Mr. Simplest Solution. Kiss, keep it simple. Silly. Yeah. No, that's not, sorry, it's not going to fly. I mean, I know you you well enough to know that a regular Gmail is not going to cut it. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, okay, maybe what I will do, Colby, is try out this client, and if it seems like it solves my problems, then I can maybe give Fastmail a try. Yeah. I don't I also don't use a desktop client. I literally just use the the web clients of whatever email I need to use. Like most of most of my email, like all my important email, any of the email that I would be like actually writing an email for happens in the fast mail, so I just use their web interface which is completely sufficient. Um and then 
Yeah, when I need to look at my Gmail, which I usually don't, I go to gmail.com. And otherwise, I just do everything from my phone. Got it. Okay, well, I'll have to report back next week. Please do. Don't spoiler alert, I probably won't have time, so I'll report <laughs> back in June. I was about to say, when you eventually get back. <laughs> oh, June. Um... I have a, a small semi-tech-related tale. This is a weird one. Never happened to me before. I was in the car running errands the other day, and my phone rang with a number I didn't recognize. Normally, I don't answer them. But I was also driving in the car and didn't have anything else to do. So <laughs> I answered it on the, the, the car speakerphone, and it says, uh, Hello, is, uh, is this Sean Jennings? And I say, Yes. And they go, Hi, I'm calling from QVC. Now, I should point out, I've only ever ordered one item from QVC. It was a Christmas gift for somebody last year. Uh-huh. And so they said, this is QVC. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm like, I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Hey, look, we're just calling to let you know that our fraud security team has let me know your online account has, someone has tried to access your online account and we believed it was suspicious. So we've locked your account. And I'm like, and I, I was really honest. I was like, look, I have to be honest. I kind of don't believe you're actually QVC. <laughs> and because like, that's exactly what a spammer would say, considering I've only ever bought from them once. And they're like, oh, well, I can look right here on your account. It says you ordered. And then she told me the exact item I ordered. So I'm like, so now I'm like, I'm still a little suspicious because I'm like, there are ways <laughs> people could figure that out. But at the same time, what company calls you on the phone to tell you your account may be compromised. And so she's like, yes, we're saying, no, we've locked down your account and your password. Um, now I can either help you here on the phone and we can can reactivate your account and set you up a new password right here on the phone, or uh, you can go online and do it yourself. And I'm like, to be, again, lady, you're very nice, to be honest. Not gonna give you my password over the phone because I still am not sure you're from QVC. So I'll just go and do it myself. She goes, all right, that's fine. We just wanted to make sure we let you know we value you as a QVC customer. I go, okay, thank you. And then she hung up. <laughs> it was biz- no company. I've had accounts compromised on a ton of services. No company on the planet has ever called me just to let me know. And then been like, all right, thanks. And then hung up. Well, in fairness, like if any company was to do that, it would be a company like QVC where a lot of their clientele are, are maybe not very sophisticated technologically. Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, this must happen a lot to them. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me in the least. And the funny thing is, I never actually, I totally forgot that story until right now. <laughs> so I'm going to see, I'm going to try and sign into my account and see, uh, Ooh. and see if I, if it'll even, I mean, obviously it's not going to let me, I would hope. Um, Cause I think I used, we're sorry, but you need a password to log in. You can create one now or call customer service. So if I hit create password, what's my billing zip code? Submit. Password link has been sent to your email. All right, well, this is pretty easy. Do you think I should use a more secure password this time? I just use the same one. Because it's very funny because I have, I'm that person who has like four or five different passwords they use for everything. And I know uh-huh. at which level each has been compromised. So I've got like like my lowest and are level. Are you okay with it? Yes, are and some, I still and some... I still use the lowest level one for things like for accounts I only need once or like that and that don't have any personal information. Just because I remember it, I'll use that, and I know up to what level they're secure. Am I the only one who's crazy like that? 
No, I have I have an I don't care password too. Okay. So like, especially for things that like, if I am often typing this password in on a device that does not have one password on it, that bad boy is going to be uh, pretty insecure. I have been using LastPass way more now that it's integrated into the browsers on iOS. That is like a killer feature. Yeah. That is awesome. Oh, we live, we have lived such horrible lives. Honestly, I I never used it on my phone before because it was such a pain to go into the app and do it. And this has been uh, it's been great. I've been very happy with it. I so I just reset my QVC account. It may have been with the same password that was compromised <laughs> because I don't remember and it wasn't in LastPass. So, Godspeed. You'd think they'd tell you that would be like the real Well, it did say when I typed in the password, it said password strength weak. (laughs) So who knows? Okay. It said not not to compromise your OPSEC here, but uh, are you like, are you like, are these like pseudo randomly number letter things? You got like words that you use? Um, all of them are usually combinations of words and numbers sometimes real words sometimes not real words Ooh, not real words and I've always at least that. four numbers not real so you made up these words or something else made them up no they're usually like parts of words it's not like gibberish it's not gibberish uh-huh interesting that's not like ewok or klingon or anything no no That'd be cool. That's actually a good idea. But it's it's funny. I, what, I obviously what hacker would ever use the Ewok dictionary to crack a bunch of passwords? I'm sure someone's done that. <laughs> um, I won't I won't tell you what my passwords are. But if if you did learn what they were, you can tell how long I've been using them because there are certain things in them <laughs> that are references to things that are literally like 15 or 20 years old, and that's how long I've been <laughs> using them. They're so compromised. It's insane. So my my garbage password has like evolved from what my garbage password was when I was like whatever like 11 and we got a computer like and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure at that point that was before there were like password restrictions so it started as like a four character word yep and then like it got uh, like bumped up to six characters and then eight characters and and finally it's like eight characters still works most of the time so it's like eight characters with some numbers in it yep you gotta maybe capitalize something throw an exclamation point at the end yep yeah classic god but fuck passwords really man. really it's been with me my whole life i've been typing that password into things i know longer than i've done almost anything else <laughs> That's good. So out there, if anyone can figure it out, you basically own Colby. Ooh, we'll get a don't panic t-shirt if they figure your password out, Sean. Yes. If you can successfully figure out at least one of my passwords, I will send you a t-shirt. I cracked Sean's password and all I got was this lame t-shirt with our logo on the back. That would be cool. Yeah, it's a good thing our show isn't more popular. I mean, honestly, you can probably take a few bucks and go on the dark web and just buy it. It actually might be a good way to get a discount t-shirt. I'm sure it would cost less than whatever the price of a new shirt would be. Actually, yeah, maybe this is like, this could be some some new don't panic. We were inspired by uh, Up for Debate. We do our own long form investigative 
dark web journalism. Well, oh my god. You know what? Right, don't don't panic secret Santa where instead of giving someone a gift you try and hack the other person. <laughs> instead of giving someone That's a, not gift, really a gift, their Amazon account to buy a gift for them and have it shipped to their house. That actually would be very funny. <laughs> the other day I actually I had read an article about um not to get into it too much, but there's a, a thing going on now where credit card companies sell debt for pennies on the dollar to debt collectors who then come after you. So Bank of America doesn't come after you. Some Joe who bought the rights to your debt does. And I was actually Googling if I could buy my student loans for pennies on the dollar and then just forgive my loan. That's a good idea. Could you do it? You actually... so. Get, collecting debt is actually very easy. It's like you spend like 50 or 100 bucks to incorporate in a state with lax laws and you can just start doing it. The issue is it only they only really sell like super delinquent debt. So I would just have to not pay my loan bills for like for a, a year. Yeah. And then I'd have to find the banks that own mine and convince them to sell it to me. More, you know, not really a simple process, but buying debt's not hard. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I suppose... Whole- there's a last week tonight on this. Zach in the uh, Twitch chat says he just needs my email and it's a done deal. He'll get it. <laughs> so, all right, Zach, you're on. What's your email? Or are well, you, you going to see? Don't panic show at gmail.com. You can figure out that password. <laughs> and that's not is a hard it, one. Is it one of those passwords? No, it's not. But it does follow a, a similar format. Okay. Um, and you guys, I've told you it before. I don't know if you remember. It's not a secret. Between was, us. It on, was it on the recorded show? Can we no, go back? No, 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 no. I told you in private. I mean, we got some valuable stuff, but, and that is the same password I use for all the don't panic stuff. So <laughs> just letting you know. Very secure. I mean, you wouldn't want people to have access to our YouTube channel, would you? Our Twitter account? I don't know. Right. With a brand this powerful. Well, I was going to say, maybe they'll, maybe just make it better. <laughs> you can't really make it like less interesting. <laughs> I know. Who can you laugh at if you can't laugh at yourself? That's great. Um, guys, we're at the halfway point of the show. I think that's a pretty good time <laughs> to get into the tech news of the week. And we've got a few stories here in the rundown while you guys are looking at deciding what we're going to start with. I want to thank everybody like Zach, who's joining us live right now at twitch.tv slash don't panic show. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash don't panic show. We do the show Monday nights about 10, 15 Eastern. Join us there. And if you are watching live, be like Zach, comment in the chat and let us know what you're thinking because we do talk about it on the show. Guys, where are we going to go for story number one? Story number one. Numero uno. Uh, so I want the Beats, Power Beats, whatever, the AirPod Beats, the Beats Pods, so bad. <laughs> I want them right now, right now, right now, right now. The Air Beats Pro Pods. Uh, yes, <laughs> Apple uh, and their subsidiary company Beats announced a new uh, set of wireless earbuds, the Power Beats Pro um, from the folks at Beats. Uh, it uses the same technology that is found in the new AirPods, the H1 chip, uh, including hands-free Hey Siri voice commands. Uh, they also have longer battery life, even longer than the uh, current newest AirPods. Um, you will all, let's see, uh, they use about, where does it, 
I'm just trying to, uh, nine hours, uh, which is even better than the AirPods, 24 hours when you include the power in the case. Um, they also have a more hours. aggressive fit. Uh, they go around the back of the ear, and so they actually cling onto the ear more so than just sitting in the crevice of the ear itself. Um, you, you describe that as an aggressive fit? A little more aggressive than the just sort of <laughs> hope and pray gently resting in your ear traditional AirPod. More secure. Yes, the, the the lock and load attachment of the uh, the Powerbeats Pro. There's also physical controls on there, identical physical buttons for volume and track controls on both ears, good for working out. Um, and they can be used independently, um, one at a time, just like the traditional um, AirPods. Can you share music? Like, could one person wear one and one person wear another? Yeah, I don't see why not. Wow, that's... Is that true that. of AirPods? I don't see why it wouldn't be, as long as they're both in range, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yes, they don't, can do that. With they their don't know whose ear it's in. Sick. Uh, yeah. Now, yeah, Apple has the ear ID technology, or they they look at your inner <laughs> ear canal. The and ear scan. If, if, if it's <laughs> someone else's ID, ear, they assume they, they, that your AirPods have been compromised, and they will not. <laughs> they'll actually self-destruct. But the upside <laughs> is because it's so secure, you can now pay with your ear. <laughs> you just, you just take your pay. ear and you just knock it up against the the point of sale. Yep. <laughs> you know how like you might listen to a door to see to try to hear what's going on, on the other side. You just put your ear up to that that giant touch screen that's on all those things now, and and then solved. and then like those chip readers. If you don't pull your head away fast enough, it, it blares loudly in your ear. Right. It, first, it blares to tell you not to move your head. Yes. And then it blares to tell Please you. Please remove to head. head. <laughs> I like it. This is a good idea. <laughs> I should think about this. Yeah. Um, just lastly, on the Power Beats here, no wireless charging. You'll charge with Lightning. Uh, they work with Android as well, but they are more expensive than AirPods. They're going to run you $250. That's more than the highest cost AirPods at $199. It's a lot of doll hairs. Um, I was disappointed to learn there was not going to be wireless charging, but uh, I still don't care because probably I'm not going to get AirPods because I'm pretty sure they hurt my ears, so I'll get these instead. Have you tried the AirPods? <laughs> No, but I have tried all, I mean, I have like a half dozen regular <laughs> Apple earbuds that I use sure. occasionally. Um, I have, so I have a, a, a gajillion, not a gajillion, but I have several pairs of Apple earpods that I keep in all of my bags. So when I forget yep. my actual headphones, I'm never... Uh, I never have to be like alone with my thoughts or anything. Right, God forbid. <laughs> just, just tell me about it. Um, so I'm I'm pretty confident that that's the case. Yeah the the early reviews have said the fit is really great on these um, as well. They're they're actually twenty three percent smaller and seventeen percent lighter than the regular Powerbeat neck buds. Which are those the ones you have, Colby? Currently. I have the Beats X. Oh, okay. I think. X. X. Um, honestly, the only question for me is what color to get there. Yeah, so many it's fun. There's what black, are your options? Black, black there's white. Black, there's white. Dark yep, green and navy blue. I like the navy blue. Those look yeah, really nice. Yeah, navy blue. 
I think I'd probably get the navy blue. Yeah. Typically, I would purchase the gray, but there is no gray option. Oh, yeah. Messing up your aesthetic. I know. Space I'm a gray. monochromatic boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but alas. I like the navy blue ones just looking at the pictures. I think they look I think they look really like I'm not a big fan of like the Beats style in general, but I think these look really good. I do too. I just wish they weren't so expensive, unfortunately. Two fifty is a lot, I think, for these. But then again, I think about how much I use my AirPods all but then again, AirPods are so easy to pop in and out. And they're so casual yeah. feeling. I feel like I, because I wear so them around casual. the house all the time. I wear them, I'm mowing the lawn, I'm wearing them. I'm just, they're always in my ear. And these, I feel like I would be hesitant to pop in and out all the time. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I use my my Beats X or whatever that way. Like, I always have them, like, on kind of. But like, those don't have body. the over-the-ear piece, right? Right. They're just, like, buds. But they hang. They got the, they the have cable. The, the loop. Which looks dumb. I look like an idiot when I walk around with those on. <laughs> but it's too convenient. You're, you're like the person who walks around with a chain on their glasses so they don't lose them? Yes, it's the head co- headphone equ- equivalent of a, a, a glasses tassel. <laughs> a glassel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow, I'm learning so much about high fashion here this week. <laughs> Well, that's what we're known for. It's it's, a, it's a, a sort of fashion. I don't know if it's high or not. Yeah. All right. Well, Colby's going to get on the, the H1 bandwagon. The Power Beats, Beats Pro Beats, Challenge. Beats, 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 Beats. Yes. You got to do it. Dan's got the new AirPods. You can get the Power Beats Pro, and I'm going to get those old-timey giant funnels old people would put in their ears so they could hear. What? Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The like, you know, the like tin the, cans. The, yeah, like like the big the big the big funnel. What? What? You know the old people they stick it in their ears so they could hear. <laughs> I don't know if that actually helped any, but it sure looked fun. We definitely make things lo- hear uh, sound louder to you. Would it? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, you then can, I'm definitely taking. Like, I mean that. Do it. Do well, it. I so Do I you just find yourself uh, having a hard time hearing things, Sean. I just googled ear megaphone. <laughs> yes, and there's there's a there's a joke version, a gag gift version for twenty dollars on Amazon. Oh, that's no. Is there a medical version? Is there like? Oh, it's known as an ear trumpet, and you can get vintage ones on eBay. Yeah. Oh my God, some of these are wacky. Look, I'm gonna put these up on screen. In someone else's ear. Oh my God, these antique German museum quality with original box, six hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> oh my have God, to do these a lot are more of these shows to pay for one of those. I've always wondered if I should collect something, mm. and I feel like this is like this is the way to go. <laughs> Sean, like that ear is paraphernalia. That... <laughs> oh my God, there's so many wacky medical <laughs> devices. Sean's a wacky medical device emporium. Oh no, that sounds like I'd get arrested. <laughs> I'm gonna you only get arrested yeah. if you subjected someone else to it. <laughs> there we go. I put the link in the uh, Slack so you guys could do some cr- early Christmas shopping. 
Um, Do not tempt me. It's the gift that keeps on giving all year round. Antique ear horns. Uh, all righty. <laughs> Let's roll on here. What uh, else is worth talking about? Oh, boy. Uh, We've got some news. We have some news. I don't. Oh, yeah. Safely remove hardware. I didn't understand what this meant at first, but then I, I read the article. I know. It's, it's sad. Yeah. It's the end of an era. Sad. Now, let's be honest, guys. Look, this is a safe space. You can be honest. Okay. Do okay. you safely remove your hardware? It depends what kind of hardware it is. Okay. Interesting. Always use protection, they say. <laughs> if it is a spinning disc, I will. Not because I'm worried about the data like i'm not worried about the computer's ability to like write things safely to like the the logical thing that is the hard drive you know what i mean by that Mm -hmm. i am worried about the hard drive's ability to turn off like i do not want to unplug an external hard drive while it's still spinning because that could like i do i do not trust it to like stop in a controlled way when there is no power at all but for like a flash drive or SSD, no, I don't. I don't care. Does that make sense? It does. The funny thing is that back in our our freshman year of college, which was a disturbingly long time ago, um, I was writing my whole semester's notes to a flash drive, which I pulled out too early and then lost an entire semester's worth of notes. Windows Seven. Uh. No, this what was before seven? Vista? I think it was Vista. Vista? I think it was Vista. Oh, I guess yeah, God. Because we couldn't have I remember freshman year we couldn't have seven on campus. It wasn't allowed yet. Right. Uh, Sean Sean tested that. And I got in trouble for having Windows 7 on a different machine. (laughs) Lesson learned. Classic. Uh, The trick is the trick is, well, I you already did work for the IT department, so but the the other trick is not to uh well never mind don't want to get anyone in trouble i was gonna say don't 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 spill all the college it secrets (laughs) keep those to yourself the reason we're talking about this is because uh, microsoft confirmed this week that in windows 10 it's no longer i have coworkers who ask me all the time can i just pull it out do i have to safely eject it no you don't it's over uh, Windows 10 now has a feature called Quick Removal that will let you remove the drive anytime so long as you're not actively writing fi- files to it. And it's now the default setting for each drive you plug in as of Windows 10 version 1809. Uh, basically, the Quick Removal keeps Windows from continuously trying to write to a flash drive. It'll only uh, write to it when it actually needs to write to it. Um, technically, it flipped the switch back in October, uh, but they're kind of just pushing it now, now that that update has really kind of been broadly launched in. Like what? What was it doing when it was writing to it all the time? Why does it? It always was a bizarre I don't, I don't thing. Understand. There's actually a utility, and believe it or not, I have to look up the name. I'm 99% sure I picked it on the show. But there was a Windows <laughs> utility where you could right-click on a drive and see what was writing to it and stop them. And it was always like these weird, like sub-sub-subsystem processes <laughs> that really had no need to be accessing the drive. Well, um, you know what? It could be Colby. Do you, you know what journaling is? Uh, I'm aware of journaling as a concept. I don't really know what it is. So, like, it 
So one of the ways that it could make a sudden power outage safe is by like make keeping track of things that are being written in the background so that it knows like, hey, was I in the middle of some like atomic write operation that failed? So that if I turn back on, can I know what where I need to like pick back up again? So maybe Windows had mm-hmm. some like thing that was just like, hey, every fifteen seconds, just like write to the thing and say like, yep, no more. I don't know. I guess it would just be saying there's nothing to catch up on, which seems dumb, but it's Windows, so. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what I would tell people when they try and remove it. And I was like, look, as long as you're not actively using it, there's nothing you're going to break by taking it out. Right. The, the trouble, the trick is knowing, like for a flash drive, it's easy to know if nothing's actively using it because it's usually not plugged in yeah <laughs> it's the the external hard drives where i do get nervous and i'm like is there some program like did i accidentally leave like the photos app open and yep. it's doing some metadata stuff to my photos and i just happen to unplug it right now yep don't don't want to risk it yeah and i think i but, think that's partly why microsoft's been a little slow to announce not announce but kind of promote this feature is I think they don't want people assuming, oh, I can just pull it out. It's safe now. I can just pull it out whenever. So if you want to stop a like a hard drive before unplugging it, is there a facility for doing that on Windows? So the the, the safely remove feature is still going to be in Windows. So you'll still be able to go in and right click and say safely, remo- you know, safely remove the hardware and that'll stop any active processes or at least warn you if there are some. So that still exists. Okay. It's just they changed the operating system. So as long as you're not actively writing, the system isn't trying to write to it. So you can you can still safely remove it. They're just saying, don't worry about it. Okay. So, well, you can, so we're it's not all is not lost. You can still uh, safely move your hardware if you if you really want to. Well, you know, uh, John in the Facebook chat mentions, uh, you know, he rocked a zip disk when he was a freshman back in the eighties. Uh, you know, <laughs> as storage continues to improve, that's the kind of thing you do not want to uh, to screw with as it's writing. Mm, I would imagine not. No. But also, those things didn't work when you weren't screwing with them, so. <laughs> I had a zip disk here at the apartment for a while, but I, I believe I uh, disposed of it. I still have a flash, uh, um, uh, a, uh, a floppy disk drive somewhere. And Ooh, a few floppy di- It was funny, a couple years ago, I had, like, pulled it out and been like, oh, this is funny, I'm going to put some stuff on a flash, on a floppy disk, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. And I tried to put, like, one song on there, and it didn't fit. And I'm like, this sucks. Because they're literally like one or two megabytes a floppy disk. And a song yeah. was like three. And I'm like, what is going on? I remember when, when like, for my first couple, like, interactions with a floppy disk, I was like, there's nothing, like, it, it, it was unfillable. Like, unless you wanted to put a program on there, there was no other type of file oh, that yeah. I had on my computer that that could reasonably fill it. I was like, God, he could fit like, you know, three novels or more. There were whole computer games that came on floppy disks. That's true. Like probably a lot of the programs would have fit on the floppy disk. The the only thing that that pushed it was some wave files. Hmm. Which remain Those... to be giant, and I know that from doing this. <laughs> yeah. I I remember when we got the. 
well, when they did Windows ME Millennium Edition, which was terrible Classic. and nobody liked. And then when we got, so my family decided to call and complain and we downgraded to 98 SE, I believe. And the downgrade kit was a box of about 12 or 13 floppy disks that you had to insert one at a time. And you had to put it in, it would write some data. Okay, insert disk number eight. And you'd put in disk number eight. All right, disk number nine. It was like, it was literally like a box. It was great. I missed that. Imagine making something so bad that you have to sell a downgrade kit. Or I like, mean, I'm sure as hell hope they weren't selling it. Yeah, or like have a da- it's Oh crazy. yeah, and it was like branded. It was like the Windows 98 SE downgrade kit. You know, it was like it was branded. It was wacky. Oof. It was on an old compact back in the day. Um. All right, let's see. What else? Um... I threw a, we got time for one more story. I threw a, a bonus story in there recommended by Zach in the Twitch chat about uh, Chromium-based uh, Edge browser shipping today from Microsoft. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. I thought that was maybe a little too nerdy for the first version of the rundown, but Zach kindly suggested, so I'm going to at least give you the option. We don't have to oh, take it. Oh, you have to do it now. Okay. You know, yeah. I, you know, the day we let the fans start dictating what we talk about, it's going to be a dark day for this show. <laughs> We've never listened to them before. <laughs> We've never had them. <laughs> uh, we, we, we've talked about it previously on the show that uh, Microsoft's Edge browser was going to get away from doing its own thing and instead uh, run on Chromium, which is the same technology that powers Chrome. Uh, well, they've officially gone ahead and released it to developers today. It's Canary and Developer Builds offering daily or weekly updates. Um, downloads are available now on the Edge Insider site, uh, which is MicrosoftEdgeInsider.com. Um They've focused on the fundamentals for this one. You'll see it looks very similar to Chrome, unsurprisingly. Um, it has full support for existing Chrome extensions, um, and it's building in sync support for things like favorites, browsing history, and extensions to sync across Edge. Um, favorites is only supported in the early version. Sync support will be improved as it heads towards uh, a beta version. Um, they're working closely with Google on this. They've uh, Microsoft has had around 150 commits accepted into Chromium as a way to improve it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they're uh, only designed for English 64-bit installations of Windows 10. So if you've got Windows 8, 7, or ME, uh, it's not going to work for you. Mac OS as well is out at the moment. Yeah. You know, so you know it's wild. I saw a tweet today. This was not original content. That like If you trace the lineage now of, the, of this new Microsoft Internet Explorer browser, it came from Google, which took... Uh, code from safari chrome came out of webkit which was like the core of safari but webkit was itself taken from an old linux uh desktop environment web browser called kde i think it was conquer with a k conquer with a k became webkit became safari became chrome became Edge. edge wow so really microsoft is running linux how wild is that? Whoa. Seems crazy. It's crazy to me. I'm excited. I'm, I'm trying to find uh, our talk about Windows ME reminded me that we had to do a downgrade. I don't know if it was a downgrade, but we like the first time I will. I don't, and, and it wasn't even really me, but the first time I remember a computer getting well and truly screwed. 
was that we, I think we upgraded from Windows 98 to this other version of Windows. It was like, and I can't find it, like Windows Parental Control Edition or something. Oh, was it the one with, was it Bob? I don't know. Google Microsoft Bob and tell me if that's what you're thinking of. Microsoft Bob. Because I think that was right around the same time. Hmm. Maybe... Because it, it, it was designed but, to be like a super simple desktop. But it wasn't about the simplicity. It was specifically about the parental controls. Okay. And the problem was that we installed it and by default selected no permissions for anyone, which meant that we couldn't change anything uh, after the installation had finished. Um... Microsoft Bob. Microsoft Bob. This is, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, that was a big, big flop. They swung for the fences on that one. Oh, look at this. Microsoft originally purchased Bob.com from Boston area techie Bob Antia, but later traded it to Bob Kirstein in exchange for the Windows2000.com domain name. (laughs) (laughs) Where does Bob.com now go? Find out. It better still be Bob Kirstein. Oh, it's like some crazy China site. Wow. <laughs> China soccer it, site. It just, it just says Bob. <laughs> but this is the most suspicious website I've ever been to. I think it's gambling. Yeah, what are the numbers on the bottom? I'm not clicking on anything. I'm very concerned <laughs> for my well-being. Translate. But now I want to see where Windows2000.com goes. That doesn't go anywhere. That's a. It looks like it's available. That's wild. <laughs> Man, Microsoft not good with the uh, domain names. Wow. Hmm. Oh, there you go. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's the uh, that's the scoop with. Uh, with Chromium, I'll just uh, with uh, the Chromium-based Edge. I, yeah, I'm excited because Edge is not great, and a lot of things don't work in it. So this will definitely be an improvement, I'm sure. Yeah, we're just down to two web browsers. The only sad thing. Agreed. There's sort of three. What's the third one? It's a, like the WebKit ones. Chrome's not WebKit anymore. I guess. The Opera is Opera still a thing? Opera is WebKit now, so ah. Opera and Safari are like the same. What about Netscape Navigator? What does that run <laughs> on? Nothing. It doesn't run <laughs> on anything anymore. <laughs> Runs on dial-up. <laughs> oh boy! Alrighty. You know what I miss? I miss software that comes in a box. These boxes. These, I'm looking at these boxes and they're bringing back memories. Can you? I you can to think still of, buy video games in boxes. Yeah, but no, it's but not, like it's cardboard boxes, like I mean, those big, like like a cereal box sized cardboard <laughs> box with a CD I in it. I I do. I'm trying yeah. to think of the last software that I right. got in a box where, where, where it's 90 percent empty space and like one percent disc. Yep. It's like purely 9% for the shelf. Manuals. Yes. Yeah. 
the last piece of boxed software I bought it was technically a video game, but for the computer, it was the Spore game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Which yeah, was yeah. somewhat disappointing. Yes, they and I, this is so I much. Bought, I, yeah, I bought the, the game, and I was in a mall. Shows you how long ago it was. And then I left it in a Barnes and Noble, and then I went back, and it was still where I left it. Wow, not even worth stealing. <laughs> yeah, my, I think my answer is even sadder. Which I think the last box software I bought was maybe four years ago, and it was H and R Block tax software. Ooh, nice. Which is one of the few that they do still sell in boxes. That's good to know. Yep. If you want to relive the the glory days. Yep, I've moved on to digital download now, but um, but that was a thrill. People keep giving me their CDs because they say, I don't have a CD. Everyone at work comes up to me. I don't have a CD drive. What am I supposed to do with these old CDs? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you think I'm some magic IT wizard? I just <laughs> got an external hard drive. Come on, come me some slack. <laughs> um... Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the final piece of the show, which is picks. Where each of us brings something we want to share with the broader world, and I'm going to volunteer to go first because my name is listed first, uh, and I've got a game. I don't often pick games on the show because I don't often play games on my mobile device, but I have a new one I have been enjoying. It's called Golf Peaks. Uh, it's relatively new. It's a puzzle game where you have to take. How do I want to describe it? You got to get the golf ball in the hole, and you kind of you can only swipe in four directions: up, down, left, or right. Uh, and you have essentially cards that tell you different moves. So it might be you can jump twice, or you can move move three times, or combinations thereof. And so you have to figure out what order to play the cards, and what directions to move the ball, and the combination of the two eventually will get it in the hole. Which is what I like about it is that it's not 100% open-ended. There really are only so many combinations. So even the harder puzzles, I always give up on in games because I'm just too lazy. But on this one, I'm like, I know I'm going to figure it out. It's not like that hard. Um, so it's just a neat little light puzzle game that I've been enjoying. Um, you can get it uh, for iOS. It's also available for Android. It's on Steam. You can get it for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, on iOS, it costs $2.99. Um, no in-app purchases. It's just a nice little, uh, just a nice little puzzle game. Pretty simple. Good time killer. Um, Colby, what do you got? I talked about it before. Fast mail. Okay. I've used it for my mail for years. If you have a custom domain, it's great. I don't, I honestly, I don't even remember how much it costs. It's one of those like, you get billed once a year. I think it's like 40 bucks or something. You get like, I don't know. My storage is 4% full and I use this as my primary email. So like you get a lot of storage. Yeah. How much stuff do I have in my Gmail? Now you got me curious. Oh, that's not helpful. Gmail 2.64 gigabytes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I have I, I must have the standard plan, which is $50 a year. You can use your domain, your own domain. Um, you got 25 gigabytes per per user. No ads, no tracking. Full mobile sync with push with push. Wow. With push. Neat. No, that's great. I, you know, I've been sitting on 
seanjennings.me and I haven't done anything with it and I keep renewing it. So maybe that's a good maybe that's a good use for it. There you go. Better than my boring Gmail. Yeah, you gotta get a, a fresh new email address. I gotta Sean. get. I gotta. Oh, that sounds like such a hassle. Because I've been oh, using the same email is. address forever. It is. It's a pain. Um, fastmail, fastmail.com. If you're looking to start, spin up your own personal email, keep it simple with fastmail. Thank you, Colby. Dan. Take us home. Yes. We got a blast from the past. Yeah, so this has apparently been the retro computing <laughs> uh, episode for some definition of retro. And a couple weeks ago, I it was one of those we- weeks where it was really raining. I think this was like probably three weeks ago. And uh, I really just wanted to play. I wanted to like a new game that was exactly like Divinity, Colby, mm-hmm. but, but was a different game. <laughs> and I did a lot of research, and I could not find one that wasn't, like, 18 years old. Um, so I was, like, kind of sad because I had a lot of time to kill, and I really wanted to, like, dive into something. And then I was thinking, like, man, there are so many games that I've really enjoyed, but there's nothing in that vein that has come out recently, like Mass Effect. And then I was like, it's been so long. Like It's been 10 years since I played Mass Effect. I could just play Mass Effect again. I'm sure I hardly remember like what happens. Uh, so I did. I played... Uh, I started with Mass Effect 2 because I don't recall... I recall it being much better than Mass Effect 1. And the first thing I noticed was that all... like This was just like 2011, I think this came out. Or maybe it was 2010. But it's just just at the cusp of all the online stuff in games. And all that shit is broken now. So you turn on the game. And you can still get it on Steam. And it downloads and it installs on brand new Windows 10. And it hangs, hangs, hangs. Like, could not connect to EA server. Um, but luckily, and this is like, you know, I've missed Windows for stuff like this. There is a whole community of people who have like, come up with like little hacks to like create a proxy server that pretends to be the EA server so that you can like activate the DLC and stuff and in an extraordinarily uncharacteristic move because the only way to get this DLC was through EA's now discontinued service uh, EA released all the DLC for free oh. uh, from Mass Effect 2 so you can just get that stuff um, and there's also all these like Okay, the other thing I noticed was that the graphics are horrible. The, God, I remember <laughs> them being amazing. And this isn't like, oh, I remember like N64. We used to think N64 graphics were so good. I remember like looking at this on my computer and being like, I feel like I'm on a spaceship. There's all this like cool like film grain effect. It looks so bad. The faces, the faces are just comical. It was ridiculously bad. <laughs> the, the hair is just like, they just look like helmets. Um but luckily, there are also fan-made, like, complete retextures in HD, so you can run this at, like, 4K with 4K resolutions, and all these people put all this time into it, which is pretty dope. So anyways, it's a lot of fun. I was still... There's one thing in retrospect, I felt like such an idiot. There's this w- one moment in the game where they really get you, where... It, they kind of trick you into thinking one thing's going to happen and then you choose to do something, but it turns out that something else happens. 
instead. And I was like, God damn it. And then I, it all came back to me. I was like, oh, that's right. Like, that was one of the cool things about this game. It's like, you think you're just going on, like, you know, oh, it's another mission. Like, go collect the, the Ozarks from the from the, the bottom. And it's like, nope, that that was just a cover. Uh, so it's still as good as I remember it. And uh, so definitely on my top ten. And now I'm going back to Mass Effect 3 because I finished Mass Effect 2 Friday uh, last Friday. Uh, and so far, I, like, the combat is way better than Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are also all these mods that I've installed that apparently make it like add a lot of stuff, and they changed the ending of that game very famously after it was released, and I never played it with the new ending. So we'll see. I'll, I'll report back on how that goes. But after that, I think I might play like some super old school Super Nintendo games. Um, I don't, but I, I think this could be a thing, like. Dan plays old games in 2019. Uh, man, you got to stream that stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. New Dan old games. New Dan old games. I love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, streaming could be interesting. Because the thing is, I'm never going to play video games, but I will watch Dan play video games. That's, Just saying. I've learned that. Just saying. Um, yeah, check it out. Mass Effect 2, available for Xbox 360 and PS3. I think it's like 20 bucks on steam at but this if you point. if you don't have those uh yes you're right dan it's available for steam and with your origin subscription if you're an ea origin subscriber oh yes and that by the way like origin not a bad deal uh i had to get i never owned mass effect 3 on the pc so i had to buy it mm-hmm. and uh it was i think that one was 20 bucks on oh no mass effect 3 also free on origin but the dlc they still it was like 20 bucks for all the dlc Mm -hmm. but if you're an ea origin subscriber which costs i think like five dollars a month it's like not much you get like some percentage of money off of all of your purchases or at least off some things so i was like okay so i get mass effect 3 for five dollars and then i i get all the DLC for like eighteen dollars. Yeah, deal, and it, I'll it, cancel it after this month. <laughs> Probably, unless maybe there's some other old game there I can play. Probably not. Yeah, it's it's not a bad. I checked it out uh, previously. It's not a not a bad selection. It's one of those things you probably want to be on for a few months, be off for a few months, and if there's something on there worth yeah. playing. But it's not bad to check out. Very cool. All right, well, guys. That does it. What a great time we've had here this evening. Lots of rants. We ranted. We raved. We talked about the news. We shared some pics. It was a good time for all. Special thanks to everyone who joined us live. We had a lot of great comments this evening. Become Come back next week on Monday, Monday night, 1015 Eastern, on Twitch or on Facebook, and join us. We love when that happens. Uh, before I plug this show, I want to very quickly plug... Uh, up for debate, this past week we had on special guest Colby. He came back to talk about the first three Roger Moore movies. It was a hoot. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> and those movies are wacky. Those are some <laughs> wacky goddamn movies. That is certainly true. Um, and it was a ton of fun. And then this week, we're doing the other four Roger Moore movies. I've already seen Moonraker and For, uh, and for Your Eyes Only. And a mini spoiler alert, I really liked both of them, and I was very surprised I did. Interesting. Yes. The plot thickens. Yes. I mean, 
Moonraker basically ended in Star Wars, which was bananas, and I loved it. So you're definitely not going to miss this week's episode. It's over at UpForDebate.tv or search wherever you get your podcast. Just look for Up For Debate. Um, this show, Don'tPanic.io, is our website. It's got the stuff there. I won't get into too much boring detail, but it's a nice website. You check out the pics are there. Uh, you can also subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. You can also get the video version on YouTube. And of course, you can email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at don'tpanicshow. Um, there you go. That's all she wrote. We're going to wrap it up here. On behalf of Colby Dan, I'm Sean. Thank you for being here. Uh, we appreciate it as always. And we'll see you next time for a rousing bit of tech news on another Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.